morning everyone and welcome to today's Sunday Online. We miss you so much Skylark Church, we can't even describe how much we miss you but it's been lovely to stay connected in different ways and to our Skylark International family of churches, many of whom join us here for these Sunday sessions, you are so welcome to. Now this week has been Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme this year for the campaign has been based around kindness. We are delighted and excited to be joined this morning by Patrick Regan. He's a good friend of ours and Patrick and his wife Diane have set up an amazing charity called Kintsugi Hope. You may well have heard of them because we have invited Patrick to speak before in our church, but also because we have been pioneering some of their well-being groups as a charity. And we've been really, really excited to be able to roll those out because this is an area that we feel passionately about as a church and a network. Patrick and Diane's vision for Kintsugi Hope is to see a world where mental and emotional health are widely understood and accepted and to create safe communities where everybody can grow and flourish together. I'm sure you'll agree that that is massively in line with our heartbeat and of course the heart of God. So we'll be hearing from Patrick in just a moment as Pete interviews him. I'll be back at the end with a few updates and some exciting news about things that have been happening over the course of the last week. But for now, I'm going to hand over to Pete and to Patrick. Over to you guys. Thank you, Nikki. Well, Patrick, I don't need to give you any more introduction because Nikki's done that brilliantly. But thank you so much for being part of this today. I'm going to crack on with question one. How did Jesus display kindness when it comes to the area of mental and emotional health and well-being? That is a great question. You know, um, Jesus always spoke to the whole person, emotional, mental, spiritual and physical. In fact, one of my favourite stories in the Bible is the story of Jesus healing the blind man. You know, here is a blind man sitting at the side of the road, an undesirable, cursed, um, his, his the disciples say, is it he that sinned or his ancestors that sinned? In other words, whose fault is it? And in that culture, a blind man would have no status, no self-esteem. His emotional, mental well-being would have been crushed and broken. And yet Jesus comes up to the blind man and says, what do you want me to do for you? When I first heard that story, I, I don't know about you, Pete, but I thought, what, what a stupid question. You know what I mean? He's, he's obviously blind. And then I realised just how beautiful this is. The Son of God. God in human flesh, walking in our neighbourhood, asking an undesirable, a pain in the neck, cursed. What can I do to serve you? What can I do to help you? He treated him with dignity. Jesus was the best people person there was. He chose to reveal his identity to the woman at the well. He refused to condemn a woman caught in adultery. He prioritised children in a culture that didn't. He sought out the broken and the put down, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. He stopped and healed the Roman soldier's ear, which was cut off by Peter. You know what? For Jesus, he did all the wrong things, according to the wisdom of the day. He ate meals with the wrong people, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong ethnicity. They had the wrong jobs, the wrong illnesses. And they were not candidates in the wisdom of the day for God's kingdom. But in, in Jesus' eyes, they were. He saw past what people were and saw what they can become. 
I think one of the most beautiful acts of kindness actually is the Emmaus Road. You know, the day after Jesus' resurrection, what does he do? He does not hold a mass meeting for 4,000 people. Um, there's no marketing strategy. You know, he spends the day walking with two heartbroken, disillusioned, um, wishing that the Messiah was a military Messiah. And he just walks alongside them. And they start telling their story. They start telling something about their hurt and their disappointment. And what I find fascinating is at no point does Jesus jump in and go, guys, stop. I'm Jesus. We don't need to have this conversation anymore. It's all good. Um, he lets them tell their story. And when they finish telling their story, he just then starts to tell the bigger story. He doesn't even jump in there. He starts telling the story of how their picture and their story fits in with the bigger picture of God. And, you know, he would have quoted the prophets, Isaiah, the man of sorrows. They would have read that as good Jewish people, but they never put two and two together, that this is the guy they're talking about. And he goes through this whole journey of journeying alongside. And then they get to this place where they break bread. And uh, Jesus breaks the bread and, and he was going to go on on the way. It was a clear passage of Mary who said, you know, you've got to come for some food. And, uh, and they break the bread and the brokenness reveals who Jesus is. I love that. Brokenness reveals who Jesus is. And uh, Jesus journeys alongside people. He listens to people. In Kintsugi Hope, we often talk about what does holding space for someone mean? What does kindness really look like? And uh, Pete, this definition is one of my favourites, and it says, to hold space for someone, it means that we're willing to walk alongside another person in whatever journey they're going through, without judging them, making them feel inadequate, trying to fix them, or trying to impact the outcome. When we hold space for other people, we open our hearts, offer unconditional love, and let go of judgment and control. Jesus showed that kindness to everyone that he met. And he expects us, I guess, as the church to model that. Thank you, Patrick, for that brilliant answer. You know, I've never seen the Emmaus Road like that. Jesus could have done so many things, but he chose to walk and journey with two broken and hurting people. That's beautiful. And I love your definition, too, of holding space for each other. OK, so that's Jesus in the Bible. What about in your own life, Patrick? How have you experienced the kindness of God for yourself? Um, how have I experienced kindness in my own life? That is a good question. And I think um, in loads of different ways, but I think more recently um, I transitioned between two jobs and a lot of people would know. And uh, that was a really lonely, hard time for me. And uh, and I guess I, I sort of left one job thinking I need to prove myself. And, um, and you know, Brené Brown talks about the difference between shame and guilt, that um, guilt is I've done something wrong, shame is I am wrong. And uh, she says, shame has two voices. Who do you think you are? And you're not enough. And I think those two voices just went through my head so much because I started struggling again with my mental health. And I think a lot of people do, you know, um, when trauma comes into their lives. I think that's why now is a really vulnerable time for many people because um, our normal coping mechanisms have been taken away. But I guess um, I revealed God's kindness to me in listening to an alternative voice, listening to his voice, um, where shame may say, who do you think you are when you're not enough? The voice of God says, you're mine. You need to remember whose you are and uh, and you are enough. And uh, so often what we do is we, we take a weakness and we turn it into our identity. 
I remember this this not enough thing has been going around my head a lot, particularly homeschooling. I have to say, you know, I keep on thinking, am I letting my kids down? Am I doing enough? And I'm trying to run a job. You know, the shoulds, the musts, the oughts, um, which is the opposite to kindness, isn't it? You know, I should be okay. I ought to be stronger. I must pull myself together. It is almost opposite. And that inner critic is how do we listen to God's voice in the midst of this? For me, I sort of feel like I fall in, in the middle of two camps, really. Um, on one side, I've spent a lot of my life doing gang mediation, working in, in urban communities, um, in some really tough areas. And, and I've always felt like I'm never quite street or urban enough to do that, but I've done it. Um, on the other hand, I've done a lot of public speaking, a lot of uh, working with almost academics in policy and other stuff. And again, I don't feel qualified to do that. And that not enough feeling. I remember um, just a while back now, a guy came to my house who I know had been inside, had been in Chompson Prison, um, done for GBH, cocaine dealing, um, and he's banging on my door at half seven. And I'm thinking, oh no, what do I do? Ignoring this guy is not going to work. So I open the door and we start having this conversation. And I look down and I am wearing my pepper pig pajamas. In fact, I have got daddy pig running all over my leg. And all I can think about as we're having this really in-depth, intense conversation is I've got Daddy Pig running over my leg. What am I doing? I am not enough. I'm surely not enough to be this. God says the opposite over us. Um, you may have heard me say this story before. Uh, uh, years ago, we had Archbishop Desmond Tutu come to the charity I was running. I hope you caught that name as it dropped there. And, uh, and I remember there was a time where we were just on our own. And he turned to me. And he says, you know what, Patrick, the one thing you need to remember is this. You make God smile. And I told that story of him coming. There's a much longer version of it. And I always said that Desmond Tutu said to me that XLP, the charity I was running, make God smile. Because I couldn't receive it for myself. I lied in front of thousands of people. But the reality was I've had to repent of that because Desmond Tutu said, you make God smile. And the thing is, Pete, and the community of Skylark and beyond, you make God smile. You really do. You are so unique and so special to him. And he, you've got to listen to the alternative voice. You've got to listen to the voice of love and kindness and not the shoulds, the must, the oughts. Yeah, isn't it amazing how many times we have to fight that inner voice? The shoulda, woulda, couldas, how we, as you say, make our weakness our identity. And thank you for reminding us that we make God smile. That is amazing. Let's all try and take that away today. Okay, another question for you, Patrick, my friend, and that is this. How can we be kind to ourselves at a time like this when pretty much everybody is going to be struggling in some way or other? Yeah, I mean, being kind to ourselves at this time is absolutely crucial. You know, you may have heard me say this before. Self-compassion and self-indulgence are two very different things. You know, self-indulgence may be that extra glass of wine at the end of every single night to take the edge off, which, if you're not careful, actually develops into a really unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, self-compassion, for me as a guy, is a bit of a hard to get my head around, you know. When someone first said it to me, I was like, I'm not into bubble baths and candles. And I've got a friend who's a, who's a guy, he's a 19-year-old kid, and he's like, oh, I really quite like that. And, uh, but self-compassion is this. It's talking to yourself the way that you would talk to your best friend. And so Pete and Nikki, we've known each other for a little bit. You know, come home for a meal at ours. Um, we really love you and appreciate you. And, uh, and you know, Pete's a Spurs supporter. So, you know, God's favourite team. So Pete came up to me 
and said, perhaps yeah, I'm going for a hard time. The whole schooling's doing my head in. Um, the church are amazing, but it's intense. Um, I'm missing people. Um, I just want to go and play football with some people. I just want to go and have a drink. Um, I wouldn't go to him, Pete, come on, man up. What is wrong with you? You've got a lovely wife, fantastic setup. What is wrong with you? Pull yourself together. I wouldn't dream of speaking to Pete like that because he's one of my mates. But the reality is I speak to myself like that every single day. I am my own worst enemy. We've got to show ourselves at this time more kindness, more compassion. And it's not about being selfish. It's saying that we cannot give out of an empty cup. Compassion means to suffer with, to show gentleness and kindness. There's an illustration I've been using with a lot of people. I think it's so, so important. And I know it's going to look a bit weird on the screen. Um, but you may have seen this. This is what we call um, a, an understanding of grief. So here we have is we have a big ball and we have a pain button. Now, what happens is um, I believe that we are all struggling with grief to a certain extent. I think uh, grief with a capital G is when loved ones, uh, people we care about are ill or dying. But then there's uh, grief with a small g where we're all grieving our loss of life. Um, the way we used to do things, the way we used to do church, the way we used to relate to each other has changed and we grieve that. And when it first happens, you see that this ball, what it does, it, it moves around this circle. So what it does, it knocks into what I call the pain button and it bangs the pain button quite regularly and it's really, really hard. But then what happens as time goes on, actually grief, um, we don't get through it, it just changes size, but it still bounces around the box. And so what you can see is this is still now and again, maybe not as regularly, is going to bang that pain button and it's going to hurt as much as the first time that it will hit that pain button. That's why people who've lost loved ones, you know, they go through phases like birthdays and, and other things often trigger that, that bounce towards the pain button and it hurts. It hurts so badly. So what we've got to realise in being kind to ourselves is this is going on all the time. This this is bouncing around. Um, it may be your grief you feel for the situation. You know, in the States alone, 38 million people are unemployed. Um, there is going to be a sense where we need to understand lament. And 40% of the Psalms are laments. We've got to understand people's pain and people's grief. And not to be too hard on ourselves, because this is a dynamic that won't go away. And uh, And we need to say constantly, self-compassion is talking to yourself the way that you would talk to your best friend. Actually, that worked really well on paper and it's shown us all that we have a grief button that's occasionally going to be pressed and that's okay. Thank you for explaining to us about self-compassion as well. I think that's going to be really useful moving forwards. And thank you that you speak to me so beautifully. Now you need to speak to yourself just as nicely. Okay, it's time for my final question, sir. And it is this. As people who want to imitate Jesus, how can we follow his example and extend kindness to others? You know, I think showing kindness to others at the moment is is absolutely crucial. I feel like the sort of vibe in the country is turning a little bit, to be honest. And I was speaking to someone who reads the news for ITV yesterday, and she was saying, you know, there's a lot of people now ignoring social distancing. There's a lot of people getting angry with the government, and uh, and there's just been a slight turn in um, how communities are doing. So I think we need to respond with kindness. And the challenge is, is the four most common complaints against Christians are, number one is you don't listen enough, number two is you judge me, three is your faith confuses me, 
And four is you talk about what is wrong instead of making it right. And I think the tragedy is people so often know what we're against, but they don't know what we're for. And uh, so this is an amazing opportunity to spread love and kindness. Um, and so what does that look like? It could mean making cakes for your neighbours. I know Diane's been doing that. Um, texting friends, phoning friends, offering to do shopping. Um, I know you guys have got people in your congregation who have been making beautiful cards. and We've been using them. Um, we have this Kintsugi jewellery. I don't know if you can see that. Um, each one of these is bespoke. It's handmade. I mean, you'll know the story, Kintsugi, that if you take something and you break it, we mend it with super glue. Um, what they do in Japan is they put gold powder in it. So instead of hiding the cracks, they make a feature of the cracks. Arguably, the object becomes more beautiful than it was before. It's saying, you know what, you may feel a little bit broken. You may feel um, t things are tough at the moment, but beauty comes out of brokenness, and you are beautiful, and you are unique, and there's no one like you. So um, I'm actually, as one of my challenges for my team, is because it's Mental Health Awareness Week, we've challenged each other to show um, acts of kindness, and uh, people have been doing various different things. So I've bought this, and I'm going to take it to um, a petrol station where this young girl has been working uh, ever since lockdown incredibly hard, and just give it to her. I feel a bit weird of giving it to a stranger, I'm not going to lie, um, but I'm going to say who we are and why we believe it's important um, and if you're interested you can get loads of these on the Kintsugi Hope website in fact Catherine who makes them uh, really precious at the moment her mum uh, passed away from COVID-19 so they mean a lot um, we need to communicate we need to communicate kindness I finished with a story there was a guy who went into a university and uh, they were doing this gorilla Christian and the host said, um, before we went in, the last time this happened, it was a nightmare. And, and he said, why was it a nightmare? He said, because the first question was, why do Christians, um, what do Christians view on abortion? And the priest, the pastor explained that Christians think that abortion is murder. The person who'd asked the question um, had an abortion and that night went back to her room at the university and tried to hang herself because she felt so bad. So they get into the bar where this gorilla Christian is going to happen and they say, right, any questions for the God Squad are here? Um, any questions? And the first question was, what's the Christian view on abortion? Different person, same question. And the guy who answered the question, he did something I thought was so beautiful. He got down on his knees and he said, I am sorry. I'm here to apologise for all the times people like me have been more bothered about dogma and position than loving people the way Jesus did. Christians can be wonderfully kind and wonderful people, but sometimes we can be incredibly unkind in the way we can relate and communicate. It's ironic when you look at the example of our founder. We've got to communicate what we're for. And at this time of COVID-19, we've got to find practical, creative ways of doing that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You're speaking our language. We need to be known for what we're for, not against. These random acts of kindness, we've seen them springing up all over the church at the moment. And it's really making our hearts sing to see how people are just loving people. So you're doing a great job, church. Keep going. Hey, Patrick, would you mind praying for us in closing, please? Because we've already come to the end. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I would love to pray for you guys. Um, Father God, I want to thank you for the precious and uh, incredible people of the Skylark Church community, Lord God. And Lord, wherever they're at, Lord, whether they need to show kindness to themselves at this time, to realise that self-compassion and self-indulgence are two very different things. Not to listen to the shoulds, the musts, the oughts, 
I pray you'd show them. Where people are grieving, Lord, and that ball is bouncing around that box and hitting that pain button, and it comes and it goes. Give them grace for themselves and grace for others. And God, as we look at how you were kind to so many, it, it was who you were. It wasn't something you did, it was who you were. I pray that we'd be able to show acts of love and kindness to uh, our community at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all uh, at, at Skylar. Uh, we've got so much love and admiration for us. And do pray for us at Kintsugi Hope as well. Um, all our groups have moved um, on Zoom. We're signing up a different church every day. Um, it's been pretty intense, but we're, we're really grateful for you guys. Really grateful for your partnership. Thanks, Pete, and uh, have a good rest of the day. We certainly will be praying for you, Patrick. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for praying for us. Thanks for challenging us and getting us thinking. It's been amazing. I'm going to hand over to Nikki. I just want to extend a massive thank you to Patrick for joining us today. And if anything that Patrick has shared on today has impacted you, or perhaps you are just aware that you need some extra support at the moment with either your mental or your emotional health, please do reach out. As a church, we would love to signpost you to the right people that can help. We have a fantastic counselling department in Skylark Church, and we also have our Kintsugi wellbeing groups, some of which have already started and some of which are in the pipeline that we could feed you into. But there are also a whole wealth of resources and other people doing incredible things that we can refer you to. So please do reach out if you're struggling. I'm here today to bring a few updates for our Skylark Church family. And in pole position today is, of course, the big Skylark Church quiz night in. Tonight at 8.15 on Zoom, we will be joining together for the quiz of the year. The Church Life team have put together the most incredible quiz for us to participate in. And please don't worry if you haven't brushed up on your trivia or your general knowledge. It's purely designed to be. Um, a little bit of fun for us to enjoy as a church family. The Zoom ID will be sent out via email, but it's also on the advert that's been publicised this week and across our social media channels. So you should be able to tap in really easily. And we've even got winners t-shirts. Yes, Anna Robson has designed some cracking winners t-shirts, which have been printed by clouds and currents, no less. So there's everything to play for. We'll see you at 8.15. Next up, as a church, you know we're participating in the Thy Kingdom Come Prayer Initiative. If you haven't started yet, we've been going since the 21st of May, but it's not too late to join in. All we're really asking you to do is to choose five people and to pray for them and to show them acts of kindness. And when you're out and about, doing your daily exercise. If you use that as an opportunity to prayer walk, that would be fantastic. Every day on our Facebook page, the fresh prayer points are coming up. So do check it out and get involved. That finishes on the 31st of May in time for Pentecost. So get involved. Next up. We have got another fantastic prayer and worship time to enjoy next Sunday evening at seven. If you haven't participated yet, I would really encourage you to. It's a really great time to soak in the presence of God 
and to be facilitated beautifully by Sue Gibson in prayer. Rachel Maddox has just led us wonderfully into God's presence week upon week and Sue just has an incredible way of helping us connect to God in prayer. So do join us if you're able to next week at 7pm. This week, the team and a whole raft of incredible volunteers have been distributing food parcels as well as a whole stash of stash of cake bags. Um, we've been delivering the cake bags to our wonderful members of the Tuesday Worship Congregation and to um, those elderly residents in the care homes that we regularly visit and the team regularly visits. And the food parcels have gone out to those families who need them the most. We've also been able to distribute more of our pastoral funds by way of prepaid shopping cards this week. And we know that at least 14 households and individuals have been blessed by that this week. So thank you for your incredible generosity. And whilst I'm on that subject, I want to just thank each and every person in and through the life of the church who is volunteering in different ways at this time. We're just blown away by you all. Life group leaders, those who are facilitating the discipleship, the men's and the women's teams, the church life team who are creating this incredible fun quiz for us and hosting it. Um, worship team, and all of the um, unseen faces who are distributing food parcels, who are helping with some of the very practical things that we're doing as a church. There are so many of you, far too many to mention, but we just want to say thank you because you've always been a church who gets stuck in and who volunteer, but we're seeing it at a whole new level. And we're just loving the way that you guys are remaining connected to God, connected to this church family and connected to one another. It's just a beautiful thing. Finally, just to let you know that we now have a bank of 56 uplifting and encouraging sound bites. If you haven't checked them out yet, why don't you take a listen? They're all easy to find on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Skylark Church. Um, and they might be just little bundles of joy or encouragement or support for you day by day um, through these darker days of lockdown. So do check them out and feel free to share them or pass them on to anybody that you think might benefit. The last thing for me to say is we just can't believe how long it's been since we've been able to meet together and we are continuing to pray for you church. We pray for you every day. We pray that you would stay strong in your faith. We pray that you would stay connected to Jesus, that you would keep your eyes fixed on him. And we pray that you would continue to love him with all your hearts and to love each other well as we reach out collectively and love our community and love our world. So please know we're praying for you this week. We love you and we cannot, cannot wait until we can meet again. Have a great week. God bless.